Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My name's John Dolan. I'm the features editor of the Echo newspaper. And today I'm delighted to say that for this special podcast, we have a special guest in the studio, uh, singer-songwriter Jimmy Crowley, Cork legend. You're very welcome, Jimmy. John, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, listen, Jimmy, the reason we're here is because this week uh, you've been, you will be producing your 1,000th song of Cork for the Echo, which is an unbelievable achievement. It's remarkable. It's, it's you know, I don't think there's a place in the world that could boast a 1,000 songs like that. Um, so let's just go back in time, Jimmy, because nearly 20 years ago, back in 2002, um, I remember you came into the old offices in the in Academy Street in Cork City there with an idea for a weekly column. Just tell us what you, what was in your thoughts at that time about this new column you wanted to do in the Echo. Well, John, I was very impressed by other collectors, especially in the north of Ireland, like Sam Henry and people like that. And they, they used the local newspaper to garner songs, folk songs. And his collection became, Songs of the People is a famous collection. But he went and talked to the editor of a local paper, I think the, down, the county down correspondent or something. And he said, will you be able to keep it up every week? And he said, yes, and I, can I ask people for songs? And it was a glorious success. And I said, if he can do it, maybe we can do a southern version of that. Because there are so many songs that, that are not, that I don't have completed, like the missing verses, and people out there might be able to con- make a contribution like, through the, via the column onto on the, the, the general songscape of Cork. But it's been a pleasure, I must say, and I, I, I don't have really that long. Thank God for it. It's un- unbelievable, really, when you think. Now, I remember the, the very first one was The Groves of Blackpool, incidentally, Jimmy. That was the very first song of court you did. And I remember at that time, that was December 2002, and I remember thinking, you know, we might get, there might be 50 songs in this place. There might be 100 even. We might get a year to buy this. Yeah. Did you, in your wildest dreams, did you think we'd make a 1,000? Not in my wildest dreams. No, I can't believe it. I mean, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. It's 20 years, like, it's a long, a big clutch of months and days and years, you know. Yeah. Well, why is it, why do you think it is that Cork, city and county and its people are, are so rich in, 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 in this song tradition? I mean, because it, I, I can say that as being a blow-in, that, you know, I don't think there's any other place well, around that would, that, would, that would be like that. There's a kind of defiant spirit in Cork. It's been maybe the rebel Cork thing, but it's more than that. It's kind of a defiance. And I think Cork always, always looked to Dublin as being like, they weren't really up to, up to metal to be, in, to be the main capital city of Ireland. I think Cork confidence, sometimes is a bit overconfident, but it's a great thing that they're, the people and the place is so confident to dispel this much culture like and to, to use the songs and the ballads to 
to mediate through sport, politics, you know, sadness, all kinds of wars, there are some very poignant songs. Like the Groves of Blackpool in some ways is a very historical song because it's a it's a Cork Loyalist song and it's about the regiment coming back from the ninety eight um, rebellion in Wexford. And uh, I think I just I think because mostly sports um in world politics and how it affects us, we you know we, we see things in a kind of a very in in a spirit like an indigenous spirit, which gives gives the songs, I think, a magical quality. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's funny it's, it, because it's almost as if you know when when something great happens, people want to sing about it, and when something awful happens, they want to sing about it, and and that that kind of the emotional canon, I suppose, of Cork is, is there in its songs, and it's just it's just I, I do find it remarkable that, that there's so many songs about there. But what is remarkable as well is that how someone like you can can either have access to them or have received them via the echo or through other people over the years. John, I, I, I kind of just glided into that role, you know. I was kind of very influenced in the folk scene by people like Frank Hampton Dublin who collected Dublin Street Sounds, but he was seen in a real kind of Dublin brogue. It's almost really true. And those guys, those two guys became great friends of mine mm. and really appreciated what I was trying to do in Cork. You know, and I was just duplicating in, in a way what they were doing but looking looking at authentic songs and I can remember being going into trouble over this and meeting older guys especially who would have been from the opera tradition and a bit grandiose and I said oh he, he disgraced us that fella <laughs> I said why, why so oh, the way you're singing like I said but I'm singing in my old accent like yeah. and uh, that wasn't cool at the time like you're supposed to put on a, a kind of a mm approach a song in a kind of a conventional way like, like look John McCormick or something but to mm. sing a kind of a flat kind of a voice like sure like there's going to be singing like that by there's a spot in their cock city up in Gran <laughs> I actually think it's easier yeah. it's more melodic you know and it kind of suits there is a singy songy people always say don't they there's a singy songy element to the cock accent and that might feed into the, the musical canon as well I guess you know over the, over the years well, when, when Ronnie used to sing songs about the banks of the Liffey and about old twangmen and kind of Ragging board men and kind of ladies of the way. Yeah, along Camus Street, down by the Liffey. At a night it was dark and me, something was blind. Uh, I'd be caught in a pity, me arms was around her, way out in the park. He made no attempt. And my dad, who was a great opera fan and a beautiful light teller, the real Jimmy Crowley, mentioned him a lot in the column. Mm. He said, Yes, that was great. He's singing with his own accent. So he got it too. Mm. So that was the big struggle, John, trying to, and, and then the songs came to say, that fella there, Crowley, who she gave him that song, my granny, is a song there about, yeah. about the, the last tramp from Black Rock, so he, he's meant to sing it. So I became known as the kind of a collector then, you know. Now, it's, it's all a thousand weeks, a thousand songs, and uh, I know that uh, I've worked closely with you for that time, Jimmy, and um, you've been sending me columns from every which way in the, in the world. I mean, from all over this island, from all over the UK, all over Europe, across the whole of America, as you call it, the New World, everywhere. Um, <laughs> and even occasionally from Cork, from your beloved Cork as well, <laughs> just occasionally, especially in recent times during COVID. Um, have, have there been some kind of, I mean, I don't think you've ever missed a column. I really don't. And has, have, have there been any moments when you feared that you may not be able to get the dispatch to me in time for the Saturday there were, publication? There were, John, it, I would just wanted to say, it how much of a pleasure it was. And I, I any kind of little shortcomings or any kind of problems I had, I know I could talk talk to you anyway every time. It was just a good, we were a good team. I, I, 
I can safely say, and it was a great pleasure to work with you. And they were very encouraging. But there was one time when I was getting some kind of an ECG or something, I said, Jesus, the column, I can work in the column tonight. Like, John is inspecting the column. And I'd like to kind of put her in a Wednesday night if I can, rather than Thursday's dangerous because it's getting later. And I was, I think, there was wires everywhere. And I just got hold. Someone gave me a, an old laptop or he brought it in or whatever. And uh, I got through him. It was done from the hospital bed on more, more occasions than you might think. Oh, gosh. But thank God I survived. There's nothing serious. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I, I mean it. And yeah. I said, I could, ah, he'll understand if I say it. I can't, just can't do it this week. But there was no, we didn't miss ever. No, we never missed. I don't think we did. And, and now I'm, I'm glad I never phoned you in an angry voice, not knowing you were in the hospital bed, Jimmy, <laughs> demanding my weekly column for our readers, because I know they love it so much. And from queer places in America, like yeah. Martine de Cogan was very good because Martine had a, we were in a band together called uh, Captain Mackey's Ghost Skinner String Band. We, th we travelled around many tours in the States for four of us and Martin would say, sure, look, I'll, get, I'll crank up the old laptop, you know, we'll get to show all right. And he was very clued you know, which I'm not at all to, to the technological world. But we, that wasn't a problem, anyway, thank God. That's great. I mean, I think... Communication was never a problem. Either. No, no, no. <laughs> we, yeah, absolutely. And... Um, yeah, so, so I think one of the things about you, Jimmy, that strikes me is that you're, you're a quintessential court man and you have all of the qualities of, of the court people within one brain and heart and soul, I guess you could say. Um, and we've, we've touched already on, on many of the song's subjects and, and you have a grand love for them. And You mentioned sport and I know you, the Irish language, you, you're a big fan of, you love the history of everything. The politics um, as well. Yeah, you know, the, the cities and the, and the, the pubs and, the, and the, the businesses and the people. The characters of, of the time and you know you you're the kind of touchstone for all of those things for the last 20 years well, thanks. um and i do remember one specific um uh, column springs to mind and it was in the early days i think it was 2005 when court made the all-ireland hurling final i know you're a big hurling fan as well and i remember that saturday we, we boldly printed the, the words of the, the banks uh, for everyone to sing just in case anybody oh, didn't know the words of the banks of course um so yeah you, i mean would you be able to just play us maybe a verse with the banks well, there just to give us the flavor of that song but john if you go to turles like and, and if you hear the carp fans singing the singing even one verse of the banks mm. like how can you beat that yeah can't be bit <laughs> <laughs> i'd hate to be a temporary kind of a fan and hear them to hear the banks coming right through every right through the stadium you know? anyway give me a verse Oh, how do my thoughts in their fancy take flight to the home of my childhood away to the days when each pain three heart vision seem bright though i dreamed that those thoughts should decay when our hearts were as light as the wild winds that blow down the mardike through each elm tree where we sported and played by each green leaf shade on the banks of my own 
lovely lee where we sported and played did its green shade on the banks of my lovely lee. that's beautiful jimmy the hairs on the back of the neck standing up there that was wonderful well some people managed two verses john occasionally <laughs> you would hear the third verse which is beautiful yeah and this one about the tall Spires of the Rhine and everything, you know, but it's nobody, nobody puts it in. Yeah. Um, I, you, you, um, I think, you, am I right, Mr. B? You were collecting songs before you started writing them yourself. Would that be right, as a young man? Well, more, yes, I would yeah. say so, yes. I around shortly after I tried to dabble, but no confidence much mm. as a songwriter. I wrote kind of funny songs at the start, mm. like The Price of the Pint and The Short, The Petrol Cues, which is becoming curiously becoming very uh, topic it again. Mm -hmm. You can't get petrol and uh, songs about Cathy Barry, a great car character, a wonderful lady whom I actually knew when I was working as an apprentice, you know. Mm -hmm. So I started to write funny songs, so it took me a while to get kind of a grave song out there, you know, yeah. or a love song, you know. And uh, you've often mentioned in the column, and I know you, you know you have a great love, you, you have a great love for Douglas, which was the place of your childhood days growing up. Was that kind of a real idea? I mean, I'm sure times were tough, but was that an idyllic childhood you had out there? Idyllic, and I tell you, it was utopian, John. <laughs> I, I don't know, did you ever read William Morris's book, News from Nowhere, about the ideal part of England and the Thames, somewhere like Oxfordshire, and mm. about when, when people lived kind of a communal life? Maybe, maybe, haven't, maybe it never existed, but I was very interested in the idea of utopias. But Douglas, with the two wooden mills and his little sweet chops and the, the kind of couple of pubs, and my mother walking in the middle of the weaver, and they are working towards the coming home on his bicycle with battered blocks in the back and like and we we always had enough like and we played in woods, beautiful woods and blocked the rivers and, and it's become fairly built up I I have to say, which is kinda of sad. But it was just a beautiful place to live in. Playing all kinds of hopscotching games in the street, been away for hours and days. Our parents never they never kind of, you know, kind of expressed any kind of fear of anything like they just you know what's right and wrong, be careful. Well, the total freedom that the kids today don't have, you know. Yeah. It was just a wonderful time. And tell me, you've mentioned as well, your, your father was a, was a tenor. He was an opera singer, wasn't he? Well, he, he never he never had he no no ambitions, but he could, at a Christmas party, he sang beautiful songs. Yeah. Beautiful songs. And that was the only uh, style genre he did. He wouldn't have done any of the traditional music that you do. Well, really. He sang the odd ballad, like he yeah. sang the Buddy Boy, for instance. Mm. And he, he kind of loved them, you know. He kind of loved ballads too. Mm. But but you didn't go into that. You 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 were very much a traditional music man right from the get go. Why was that then? You know why wouldn't you have gone into? I kind of like our dad like took took me out when I was Donny Carroll's dad, Paddy Carroll, and and his older brother Diddy. And I was just a small little chiseler, as Annie Drew would say. And they took me to the city hall, and I just John. There was four men bound around on stage with with wearing uh, Arden Gansies, and one for the had a kind of an Arden cardigan. That was Tommy Dick and the Clancy Brothers. Oh. And I never, they were singing Britain in the war. It's over for brave young highwaymen. And I just changed, I just collapsed nearly. And it, the emotion, like, and I suddenly sat and realised that there was, like, you could combine history with your love for your country and the topography of the place and everything combined together in the ballad. 
was so real. It was just un amazing. So I got into bands like Sweeney's when they were starting down on Johnny Mine, who was a big influence. He played Bazooki. And that kind of started me. And it, even though I always loved like the Beatles and the Kinks and, mm. and listened to Daz, some of Daz's beautiful arias like, really moved my heart. Mm. I was interested in everything, but nothing like folk songs and Irish bands really put me in. Like, yeah. Straight almost immediately. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, uh, I only found out recently, Stoker's Lodge, the name Stoker's Lodge actually comes from a, a place that we travelled as well, doesn't it? Well, not, not only that, but it's actually... There were the stokers. My mother went to school with one of them. She had a friend who was... Stokers Lodge was in, in Grange, up near Frankfield Church, I think. Near enough to us, around that side. Mm. Now. I find it hard to find it now. But but they were related to Bram Stoker, the creator of Dracula, you know. Right. And like, it's amazing how things just reoccur, isn't it? Mm. And uh, so you, you were obviously getting into the music scene. and You were in band, obviously, in Stokers Lodge there for many years. And writing yourself and recording and singing and touring and... and Living the dream, I guess, Jimmy. Living the dream and, and going off in little solo mm. spots like around the English folk scene and it was that was just just gorgeous like like tra travelling around the West Country. I mean most Irish men and women haven't seen the they saw the building sites and they saw Camden Town and Biddies and, and the Crown and, and, and Camden and North London and all that. But I went like to, to, to places like Sidmouth Folk Festival and Cheltenham's had a great folk club. And travelling around little villages like Stroud and Chipping Sodbury to see England like that was, was just a great honour. And the, the people looked after me, right? They loved me. You know, they put me on the bus next day and said, Look, there were tours and there was a sandwich here, they gave me a breakfast. And the folk club people were on folk clubs, like. And we had that for a while in Ireland. We had the folk fine, yeah. And it just didn't work out. And we need to go back to really running, running events for the right reasons, not just to the grand, not just to. To uh, to massage egos or kind of pop stars or I mean there's a lot of pop stars in the folk scene at the moment which is not something like mm -hmm. but but it's like myself and earlier guys they did it just for the love of the song and just mm -hmm. to be themselves and not just as a career really you know yeah I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now I know we were talking earlier that we'd I'd love you to play a, a verse of one of your one of your own pen songs, Jimmy. And I think you come up with one called uh, "In and Out." That you, uh, I did, John. Play a few for us as well. You mentioned Douglas, John. Mm. I hope you're not moving away from the mic. But you mentioned Douglas and uh, and growing up, and I tried to capture some of the madness and the wildness and the, and the beauty and the innocence. This is a very innocent song, but in a way, when you look into it, it's not maybe that innocent after, but. Uh, 
There's an admonition to young men uh, about what not to do on electric fence, for instance. <laughs> it is important information. Yeah. But, um, is that a bazooka you're tuning up for? The this day? is my, my, this is Benji is his name, and he's been with me for maybe 50 years. It's a beautiful instrument. And it's, it's a, a bazooka, you know what? Bazooka. Yeah. yeah. A bazooka, and it's made by a man called Manson, somewhere in the south of England, but he called it an Irish bazooka because he reckoned they were a different genre to the Greek bazookas. And, and I remember John is just one I wanted to deviate, but we went into a shop in Ratfarnham in Dublin when I was recording the first album with Michal Adon. He was the producer, Michal from the Batty Band. And I took the stone from the shelf and I just said, give it a few strings, like, you know. And the bazooki I had was a round back Greek bazooki that Alec Finn had sold me from, from Dead Island. Kind of falling apart a bit and not always in tune, you know. And I took the stone and straight away it was in tune and it was just, it was just beautiful. And Michal said to me, uh, he said, Jimmy, do you like that? I said, I, I do. Michal said, it's gorgeous someday, you know. Hold on to it, he said. Take it over. Walk out the door with it. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, look, look at it as an advance on the first album. And it was, a, it was like maybe 300 quid, which was a bargain, like three grand, you know. And that was, that was it. So I have it since. But anyway, this is a song about growing up and about chasing girls in the woods and playing picky and playing soldiers and blocking rivers and being scared of the supernatural because that was always the crack in Douglas. Mm. There was always ghost stories and Douglas was haunted by a dog. And uh, this is it. This is songs. Some of those elements are in this. There was a shop not far from me, sold penny bars and cleave stuffing. In I go at half past three to slake me thirst with raza. Now the woman of the shop, she said, don't smoke no woodbines in the bed. Take some donkey's gods instead. Believe me, tis me daza. In and out, around we go. The wheel of life from shore but slow, soon by soon. Bowl and grow like the leaves that tumble down. Oh. In Galway's Lane there lived a ghost who used to dine on tea and toast. But the banshee came and cut his throat that stopped us on the Magodan. Back to the bogs the banshee went, fit he no air a heart's content. If she's not dead, she's there since worse luck for all me neighbours. In and out, surround we go, the wheel of life from shore but slow. School by soon, the bowlmen grow, like the leaves are tumbling down. Beautiful, a beautiful instrument as well, isn't it? It's a nice song, John. All right, yeah, lovely, 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 lovely song. Lovely song, yeah. So, I mean, you, you're in a band and you're in the solo, and um, you've, you've been solo now for, for quite a while, I guess, haven't you, Jimmy, on, on the circuit there? Now, you, you... I have, strictly speaking, John, I do a lot of gigs on my own, but I've done a few shows with John Spillane recently, mm. and my, my sweetheart Eve, who's a beautiful singer, and the fates brought us together, and we have a nice little duo together, she's a fabulous contralto. But she's basically a real dedicated folk singer mm. and her songs from all over the world, especially, especially Irish songs. And uh, 
So we're going out to lock it and it's, it's nice, like an old, old, an old guy like playing the bazooki and a nice young girl singing songs. It's a lovely combination. Yeah. We harmonise well together. We have a little studio in the house now and we're writing all the time and recording all the time now. And you're living out in Cove now, aren't you? Living down in the holy ground and it's looking out over the harbour. It's just beautiful. Like. I imagine that's great for the muse, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's, out it's, that it's a bit tired of whenever we want to have a rest. Just look out and it gives you sustenance, man. The sea is it, like. Never trust the sea. No. No, he'll, he'll, she'll never be her friend. And, and you like a bit of spot of sailing yourself? I do, I love sailing, but I, I, I hold that maxim like to my heart that that sea will never be our friend. Like. Yeah. And tell me, the, the, the COVID, the pandemic, two years, I mean, for people like yourself, that must have been an awful time, wasn't it? Well, John, people say that to me, and I saw people being very low and very down, and, and like, but I never, it never affected me really viciously at all. Mm. I just kept writing, and I kind of poked out a few, a few, um, there was still a few farmers' markets surviving in parts of the county, like Kilowallan, was very good to us, and Middleton and places like that. So I just kept me handing. But there was one month, with the, there was just not even one gig. And it was just, I said, God, why couldn't I get a gig go to a school or something or do something? Mm. And there wasn't even a bus or nothing like that. So, but I, it never got to me. Mm. I just started writing songs and seeing things in a different light and writing in a different way with a bit more confidence. And, you know, falling in love, of course, helped an awful lot too. Yeah. Eve coming into my life I was a really lucky man. Uh, it's not nice being on your own. But it was fantastic. That was great. That's that's great to hear. Yeah, and uh, obviously the, you you're still recording because just a few weeks ago now I was happy enough to be at the launch at Cork City of your of your latest you, album. You launched it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> songs from the beautiful city. This yeah. is there the twenty six, twenty seven songs, twenty six. Yeah, but they're real Cork songs, and they're yeah. they're songs that were forgotten and lost. And you know we lovely we invoked a, lo a beautiful process. I hope I hope I did songs that I just had a snatch of. You know maybe chords. I worked another song around them mm. and tried to try to imagine the anatomy to like, like uh, I suppose it's like an anatomy lesson. It's where you, you exhume a couple of bones and there's a femur. And you say, well, what did this person look like? You know, so the lovely process of trying to imagine how science would put the person together. It's like that with a song. Like it's a what key was it? What 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 part? What epoch was that? How would the people talk? How would they sing? Mm. And would how what are their fears? You know. Is it the Boer War? The First World War or whatever. And there was a song called The Jail of Sunday as well and I was I just had a chorus. Mm. And I just roped another song around it and I found a, a girl and I classed her as a as a, a member of the artist's profession. Mm. You know, a lady of the night. Mm. Just caught by politics, caught by economics to have, have to do that job. And wrote a song around for us, the Jane of Sunday as well. So there are a few songs on the album that are not like they were sung before, but we mm -hmm. just put a little quote on them, you know. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to hang up the guitar yet, the way you've still got more albums in you? Well, in this project, John, because there's another album called Life, which is all my own mm -hmm. stuff, that's coming out, like, I don't know when, it's really, like, it's just the artwork to do, we just finished mastering it. Mm -hmm. And there's a project with, with, with Eve, and I can't hang up, I can't hang up, you know, I just can't hang up. I have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> who's the fellow who said, was it Malone and Beckett or something? I must go on, I must go on, I will go on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I've been with you, I've had a lovely, uh, pleasant time with you here at the Echoes uh, headquarters for the last hour or two now, Jimmy, and uh, um, we made a special cake for you for the occasion. Um, just and, and believe the cake. The, the songs are oozing out of you, though, because we presented you with a cake and you start telling me about a song about a cake. It's a song about, about Clanfather's <laughs> cake. Clanfather's the Great. Well, the first man in Ireland to break away 
and to write contemporary songs. What do we hear, right? And a dear friend. And uh, he wrote the song, the pool song, with Game of Pool, which, which was a big hit for me, like. Yeah. Radio hit. Yeah. It was uh, one of the main lights in the first album, The Boys of Burial. Mm. And Connor Stilatta, but you know, he wrote a song about, the, about Joe's cake, and J Johnny McCarthy's wife, Joe Rowe, who made his cake, which bit hard, as I said, on Kool-Aid. It bit all, and John, uh, it was iced, like a melosian, like a, like a gadget. And Connor wrote a song about it. So, like, you'd have to see that. Connie, you'd have to see this. The Jimmy Crowley King. Yeah, and then we, we go up on the roof here and there's a spectacular panoramic view of the city and the spires and... and Beautiful. Uh, and you're breaking out into song again. You know, every landmark is a song. Uh, actually, you could, you could, I could just go around... I should go around Cork and an open-air bus and sing about it. I should look at that place there and sing about Shannon and the Cold Cairn. <laughs> the Irish pubs. It's a labour of love, Sean. It's been a labour of love. Uh, we were sat warming up here and then you suddenly broke out into this lovely song about Henry Ford as well on, on oh, the right. guitar, which had a lovely jaunty feel to it. So, you know, it's, it's at your fingertips all the time. It's always on the tip of your tongue, the music and the next song. Oh, it was beautiful. And we should sing, like, my, like somebody told me down in Cove, like, when I, which I love, but it, I can't believe it. It's a paradise. And uh, evidently, when, of course... Caruso, the great, my dad was mad about it, the great mm. Italian tenor, he used to come to court fairly regularly by neither, and Lauren Harley, people, very favourite people at John mm. Wayne, but Caruso anyway, was put to the test by a bunch of people, and they said, can you sing no, sing no, and he was coming out of the gang's like, he said, certainly, what would you like, and he broke into, he broke into, Cattery, Cattery, and sang, and he said after, Something from the radio said, How could you just sing? It's a good feeling. It's just be able to sing so you'd be more hold back, like you'd be more, because you'd be more uh, less uh, accessible, like you know, probably. Oh, my dear man, he said, I learned that from the police, that you can't sing at the top of a hat to the plain people. You can't forget it. <laughs> and I remember what, recently they put into the chest over in the north, and they were digging the biggest hole they ever saw in my life. What they were putting in there, I don't know, John. Wires and Broadband, and then I said, Oh, look at Crowley, look at Crowley, give us a song, boy. Certainly, as I went up to the cold Kefford to buy an old chemise. I won't say stop the traffic, but a lot of people took an interest in it. But you, sh you should be able to do it, and it's great development and great therapy. That's great, great that's a great story. I love that, Jimmy. Yeah, that's, that's just uh, typical of you to be uh, break out into song there, yeah. And so, I mean, we're just going to wrap up now because um, all I want to say is, Jimmy, on behalf of all the readers, your column is so popular and I want to thank you so much for the 1,000 songs that you provided for us. And they're all there in, in the Echo Archive forevermore. And that's what you set out to do 20 years ago and, and, and we've achieved it. And there's many more songs to come, aren't there? Well, John, we'll hardly make another 1,000 anyway and I, I won't be around that long. And I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to go anytime I'm called. But go and enjoy it. Enjoy your life and just, when you leave something after you, it's a good thing, you know. So I hope we'll continue bringing you, I'll give you a song every Wednesday. Brilliant. If you still want to. And, and obviously, <laughs> we mentioned the album Songs from the Beautiful City, which is out available. And I know you also had a book published a few years ago, Songs from the Beautiful City, uh, Cork Urban Ballads, which contains many of these uh, great songs as well. Uh, and I think people can access them on your website, jimmycrowley.com as well. Um, www.jimmycrowley.com. You'll get all the old stock as well, John. Yeah. Sounds like okay. like, like the albums like Campo Sparrows with Stokers and Don't Edit with Don Lunny, Oscoelia in Irish, Jimmy will be the store. And you'll get the Boise Fairy. And of course, the recent stuff too, you know. The, 
and, and just uh, you know you mentioned the Irish there and that was one of the the qualities I mentioned at the start as well about you know you're the the, the quintessential court man and, and and the Irish language is a huge part of of what you are and what you're about as well uh, and so I think you, you're going to play us out with one of your favorite Irish songs Jimmy aren't you? but you know John one time that uh, my son was called he went to the grade school James was a quarter and he went to an Irish speaking high school as I say in America as well but I remember doing a little walk there was a march for it's called Pegsears, a school, and, and all the teachers and the parents and the kids and a few friends walked down to the north side, down to the city, out to protest about something, about classrooms or getting good premises or one of these things. And the thing that changed my life that day was that everybody I spoke to coming down, the early people of Cork, all able to speak Irish. Mm. They said, oh, good night, you think you're no, that's fair play. And they, it might be only a little, little phrase, but they all spoke to me in Irish. On the way down, the art city people where 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 the Irish language is supposed to have, but I tell you, the the, the current census is going to unravel amazing things about the Irish language. Mm. There's a lot more people speaking than now. Yeah, yeah. But so, like for me, John, with the songs, it took me to another golden world. It's like tearing an old when you when you start singing in Irish, you kind of you think differently. Of mm. course, you smell differently. You just feel differently. You you feel the song differently. And it opens up an amazing Pandora's box all over. So, anyway, this is from Kool-Aid, whereas from Diarmuid O'Sullivan, who gave me this lovely version of a song that's sung all over Scotland and Ireland. Neil Nala, it's not day. It's a kind of a, a, ve a kind of a rambling, rakish song, but with a strong message in it about courting and drinking. On the query digger, on the gown they go the vanya. Pretty she's got an deal of hand, a guinea gun viower and a rifle, what ya? Neil the law, on the law, Neil the law, on the vagin, Neil the law, on the law, Bandar of the Seaver Fogger. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, John. Well done. Been a pleasure. That was great. Thanks very much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm.